Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to Healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I'm a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And I'm so excited today. I have Asha Frost with me, um, an indigenous medicine woman, a healer, a mentor. I mean, you have so many facets that I want to dive into. Uh, but I first want to hear from your words how, um, how you describe what you do today. And then I want to perhaps after that dive a little bit into your healing journey because you also talk a lot about um, how your uh, journey with lupus sort of has become uh, a, a graceful gift for you. So how is, how, uh, what do you do right now? How do you define what you do? And then how did you get here, basically? <laughs> well, right now, it's actually shifted really recently. I had been a homeopath, so I had a private practice for 15 years. And I did homeopathy and medicine work. Um, kind of combined with in-person healings and then in-person healing circles. And just, it was like that kind of practice. And I love doing that work. Um, and then I just really was drawn to change it up. So um, I've just recently started an online membership. So a sacred circle that is online, delivering teachings and ceremonies in that way. Um, more moving a little bit more online so I can reach a more of a global audience. But I still love to see people in person when I host circles. And now I'm really stepping into that medicine woman part um, that I think I was just kind of, it's been evolving to this point where now I just really can claim that, that that's what I do as a seer, an intuitive being, um, and a healer, because I, I love to use my hands for healing. Um, and connecting to people, their whole being. So homeopathy connects to your mind, body, and spirit. So it's the, you know, seeing you as a whole being. And that's sort of how my medicine work comes out as well, really going back to the spirit and healing the spirit and connecting to that part of us that maybe we've forgotten. So mm -hmm. that's sort of the cornerstone of my work is just coming back home to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So, um, Tell us about your healing journey, your self-healing. Uh, so it started, I was diagnosed at, at 17 with lupus. And back then, I, I just didn't really know what that meant. And of course, I was scared. I was actually terrified because at that time, they didn't really know what it was. They didn't really know it was an autoimmune condition and how it worked. So the doctor said, you know, this might be a shorter lifespan and you're going to have all these symptoms. And that was really scary. But at the time, I wasn't really super sick until I went to university. And then as soon as the stress built up, my body started really um, having a lot of flare-ups. And I didn't know where to turn. So I had gone on some medication, and they really didn't work for my, for my body. I was, I was too sensitive to it. I couldn't do the steroids and the other medication they prescribed me. 
So a friend's mother said, why don't you say naturopath? And I was about 21 at the time. And that just kind of opened up my whole journey. I just was like, oh my goodness, this is what I've been needing. I've been needing to come back to what my ancestors knew, what was in my blood that the earth could heal me ultimately. But I'd forgotten because there was so much trauma um, from my grandparents being in residential school. So there was a, a forgotten energy of what medicines could really help, help me to heal. So at that point, it just kind of bursted me open. And then I just kind of sought out anybody and everybody who could help me heal my body and my spirit. And it truly has been, I think I've learned the most on my healing journey from healing my own self first and foremost, not from the courses I've taken or the certificates, just moving through my own wounding and trauma and pain and suffering. Um, there's just been these, these beautiful wisdom healing gifts from that journey. Um, and yeah, it started way back then and it's just sort of evolved since then and rooted down into me. So now when somebody sits in front of me and they tell me their story of suffering, I feel like I really can understand. Um, and I've moved through a lot of those, those cycles myself. So I tend to help a lot of people who have a lot of trauma, um, a lot of emotional stuff going on um, and just need that space held for them. Mm -hmm. so that's what I've been through. So that's sort of where it started. Um, and it just continues, as you know, we're just always learning. Yeah, yeah, always evolving and learning. Um, I want to come back to something that you talk about a lot is um, finding your unique medicine. So what, how did you find or what, what was that journey for you, finding your unique medicine, your unique um, soul essence and voice? Yes, um, I think... I was, I really, really was very sensitive as a child, like really sensitive. I couldn't even, um, you know, stay in kindergarten. I had to drop out because I was just, the world was too much for me. And um, over the years, I realized that sensitivity or that empathic energy actually was my medicine. It was, I could feel things very deeply. I could feel in my body what other, what was going on in other people's bodies. Um, and I just knew kind of how to hold the space from that place. So I would just, you know, when I started my homeopathy practice, sit there and people would just kind of start to cry in front of me and I wouldn't even have to say anything. It was just my presence. So along the way, I would learn that just by being me, you know, that there was some sort of essence that radiated from me that seemed to help people in their healing process. I wasn't doing anything. I was just being and holding that space. So I started to really like, um, I guess really uncover those parts and pieces that seemed to be just part of who I naturally was. And then I would see it in other people. I would go and, and I would, I would, they'd sit in front of me and I would be able to see their particular essence or what their particular gift was. And it would just shine so bright to me, despite what they'd been through, despite what they were telling me with their stories, it would come back to that divine spark that they, that we all are. Mm -hmm. So it was just, I started doing that work of like, you know, helping you to remember, come back to that because our stories are so important. I never want to say they're not, but you know, when we get so caught up in that, that energy, we forget those parts that we were before the wounding happened. Yeah. So that's where a lot of my work took me back to that place of that remembering. And, um, yeah, I think, I don't know if I ever really like 
uncovered it and said, oh, today is the day I found my medicine. It was just um, really practicing sitting in sacred space with people. And then it would just kind of just grow. It kind of just bloomed from there. I love that. I love that. I'm hearing what I'm hearing from you is, um, yes, maybe it was not like an instant light bulb moment, but there, there seems to have been a lot of listening and tuning in along the way. And um, the other thing I love about this is that we are already medicine, right? For ourselves and for so many people around us, even without doing anything, without taking that certification, going into that training, you already are medicine. And I feel like our listeners, I, I want them to hear that. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about, so you at a very young age were faced with this uh, physical challenge, which it seems to me you very quickly made the connection that your level of stress or overwhelm played into this um, was there a journey or, or a uh, part around um, going beyond the, f the physical healing? Like, I know you mentioned a naturopath, perhaps tending to the body in gentle ways with the nourishment and the herbs. But what was the, the soul journey in that? You know, the soul journey has been, for me, and I can only speak for my own journey, but that's been the more profound part because you know, what I've learned too over the years, because I've always been searching for healing during the times where I've had really bad flare ups. It's like, what am I not doing? So I would go and do the green juice feasts and I would do smoothies and I would take all the supplements and I would have cupboards full of supplements for my physical body. Um, and that didn't cut it. I mean, that helped, but that wasn't really where the deep healing was. So it was when I started seeing my own spiritual healers, I started to search out medicine people um, that would see my energy body. And a lot of the, the stuff for me was ancestral healing. So it was a lot of things that were just carried forward through my blood and my bones and my cellular memories that I had to work through. And that soul part, it was my own remembering. We teach what we need to know, right? Or what we need to learn ourselves. So it was my own soul remembering and coming back to that despite if I was in so much pain, I, then I couldn't get out of bed or I couldn't walk up the stairs. I had to always come back to, you're still divine light. You can heal yourself. And that is something that I saw over and over again, that my body would heal. Despite the pain it was in, it would always heal. And I think learning that and seeing it in my practice with homeopathy in particular and spiritual work, it's like miraculous. Like I'm, I'm still in awe. I had some heart stuff come up last December. And I was in the hospital and I called my homeopath and she's prescribed a remedy and the hospital could do nothing. And whatever my remedy was, it, it gathered up my mental, emotional state, my spiritual state. And in like 12 hours, the pain was gone. And I'm still in awe of that. Like, even though I know it, I've been doing this for 15 years and I've been taking remedies for, you know, 25, it still leaves me like, wow, like this is a miracle. Our bodies are miraculous. So the soul part for me has been the biggest journey, um, the biggest learning. And I just feel like it's just every day I have these healing opportunities to evolve more and to see how I can like, you know, really look at my healing journey. It's, it's everything. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be cured. I don't know if I'll ever like, people are like, well, is the lupus gone? And I don't tend to go to the doctors to get that stuff checked out, but I know that I've healed. I, I might not be cured, but I've healed so much.
Yeah, and depends on how you define healing too, right? For me, healing is being okay with all that you are. Your past, present, future, and all the little pieces that are here and now. Um, but I want to bring back one other thing that you talk about or that I hear you talk about is, uh, which is in line with what you're just describing. Um, you say all healing is possible. And to me, that's a, a beautiful message. So whether that's physical, whether there's a soul piece, whether there's an ener energetic or an ancestral piece, all healing is possible. I feel like that's another thing <laughs> that our listeners need to, to hear. And to me, your, your journey speaks to that too. Yeah. I mean, I can, and again, I can only speak to my own experience, right? So, um, and also witnessing other people, you know, like, seeing a lot of clients or people who sit in my circle who just they heal through these amazing things and i think part of that energy what i've learned over the years is the meeting of energy like i can show up and give my part and hold the space but the people who really step forward and take responsibility for their part that's where the magic seems to happen and you can't force somebody to come forward and do their part and they might not be ready yet but what i've noticed so many times is like the people that meet the energy of the, that the healing brings, it, that's where it's just like, it, it just unfolds and that's where really it happens. So that's something I've learned along the way is I can't force this or enforce this on anybody. That person needs to be ready at their own time in their own pace. And maybe that will be never, but mm -hmm. I'm just here to facilitate it when they're ready. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about uh, the circle. Let's talk about the, um, Actually, tell us about uh, what is ceremony for you? What is the power in ceremony? What's the power in sitting in a circle or any other forms of doing or attending ceremony? So I like to say that um, we're in ceremony, you know, every day, every second of the day, if we choose to be. For me, it's just intentionally bringing things like gratitude, um, offerings, so, um, you know, I think sometimes we think we have to set up this huge, big event, you know, to be in ceremony. And I like to really bring it back to like the simple and say, you know, maybe today it's just singing a song to the earth and saying thank you, or it's putting a crystal down, or it's um, in the shower, you know, washing ourselves and just like being grateful that we even have water and that we're cleansing our souls in that way. So to me, ceremony can be simple like that, or... It can be something that, you know, when I do hold a circle and facilitate a circle, um, it can be calling that in and calling in. The most profound thing for me is that when people show up in ceremony, if I do a circle in particular, their ancestors and guides begin to speak to me like days before. They begin to inform me of what energy is needed for them. So I tell people like, you are powerful. You come in with your own guides your own ancestors, your own power, your own medicine. And that's what lights me up because it's like 30 women sitting there with their own medicines, pulsing that in that circle and seeing that oneness. So in our teachings, the circle is proceeding all equal. There's no guru. There's no person that's higher than. We are all carrying similar wounding because that resonance is there and similar healing and medicine. So we can look at each other and say, I love the energy of that woman. Oh, that's in me too. So that's for me, circle medicine is so profound because it has that we are more alike than we are different energy mm -hmm. and we are not alone. And that's to me, 
you know, and then, you know, we add little things like cleansing and um, honoring and different journeys in that ceremony. But for me, the most profound thing is that we're sitting here and we're just, you know, we've got that gathering and that oneness. I love that. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. And for me, I, when I think of the circle, I also think of like in the circle, we all are healers because you are bringing in your own medicine, your own soul essence. And like you're saying, the gifts of the ancestors and the soul presences around you. Um, so I want to uh, dive into a little bit um, working with healers because I know that you also um, assume the role of mentorship and supporting other healers on their journey. Tell us a little bit about that. How does it, how has it evolved into that? And then what lessons or observations are you finding in that? Yeah, so years ago, when I first started my practice, it was something that I craved. I was always looking for a mentor um, back then to hold space for me. I had colleagues as a homeopath and they just would, they would quit their practice. So I'd have friends and then I'd be like, yay, we're doing this together. And then they would quit their practice. So I just kept finding that would happen and I would feel really alone. And it would just be the moments of self-doubt or of when maybe like a client would give feedback to you that wouldn't be the most positive. And I would think, oh my gosh, what am I going to like, what am I going to do with that now? And I, I'm just not going to sit here and cry on the couch, right? So I had these moments of craving a mentor. So then, you know, I started noticing in my practice that I would see a lot of healers. A lot of healers would come and people would say, you're the healer for the healers. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't really know that or observe that, but people would come and I just kept getting spirit, kept saying, it's time to hold a circle for the healers. It's time to hold a circle for the people who are wanting to rise up into the medicine. It's time to create what you've always wanted, right? that's how it kind of works so I started these mentorship weekends and I would just call in people like there was yoga teachers and healers and Reiki masters and we would just gather and it would just be this community building weekend where I would teach some ceremony but ultimately it would be about our own healing how do we move through shame how do we move through self-doubt how do we set boundaries because those are the themes that I've noticed in my own life and the people that I served so we would do little ceremony exercises around those things. And um, they ended up being so nourishing for me and the connections built were like everlasting. So that was like kind of just spirits, like affirmation or confirmation saying, this is your path. Um, and now I do that privately with people because I, I think they all need that support. And it's, um, it's a, sometimes it can be a lonely path, I think when we're walking a different path than perhaps the rest of society is, is walking, we need, those, we need those guides and those safe spaces to be held, safe spaces to kind of fall sometimes and just say like, you're on the right path. So that's kind of how it all came about. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the natural progression from like, that was something you craved and that was something you, you sort of followed the signs to create for yourself and for others. So tell me about, for, that's for you and for the uh, people that you work with, that intersection of being an entrepreneur slash healer and space holder. How does that work and balance itself for you and for the people that's you work with? Because I think that was actually what 
um, inspired me to do some of these weekends because the thing that I would notice is a lot of healers would have a hard time running a business. I, they would come and say, you know, I have all of these certificates. I've taken all these trainings. I have all of these letters behind my name, but nobody's coming. Or how do I get the people? And, and I don't know, I don't know why I was just very intentional about my practice at the beginning and I hustled really hard. So I think I just had that entrepreneurial spirit. It was always active, but I didn't have a choice. Like I was like, well, I'm just at a school. I don't have any money. I got to make money. I got to do this. And I just really rooted down into that entrepreneurial part. But that was what was, I think it's a missing link for some healers because we have a hard time asking for money. We have a hard time with sometimes our self-worth. We want to give away our healing for free. That was something I'd hear over the years. Like I would do this for free. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I can't, I wouldn't. Like it's a lot of energy that you're expending. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need that exchange. So it really was like teaching those concepts of what you're worth and you know how to exchange and receive money and um, the basics kind of a business I think that we were missing a little bit in our I don't want to speak for everybody but I do feel like the pulse of the energetic spiritual realm um, has some of these similar issues and um, so blending those together can be really challenging can be really challenging and I work through a lot of those issues myself in, in trying to start my practice so I can understand it. But um, that sort of spiritual entrepreneurial um, energy is something that I think is rising. Like I think we're kind of coming together to, to bless the space with more of this energy. And I find that really exciting. And it's, it's so needed, right? This is the time where we all need to rise and shine as bright as we can. Um, so tell me a little bit, and you did talk about this a little bit already with the, you know, the shame and guilt playing into things, but what are the mindset pitfalls you, do you, that you see healers fall into the most in combining their healing with business? I think one of them is like, I'm not, there's a worthiness. I really think there's like a, I'm not worthy piece of, of getting paid for this. And sometimes I think it's because it feels like a natural gift sometimes and it just flows out of us. So, you know, I feel like we, we see like a lawyer getting paid $400 an hour or a plumber getting paid. And I always say to people like, you have that same gift, right? Like, why are we not, I think it's a society thing too, right? The healers aren't honored as much and we're expected to give away things for free, um, which is really hard to move through. So I think it's a worthiness piece that we need to work on. Um, And I see this a lot. The thing that really inspired me is I see a lot of healers burning themselves out. So they feel like they need to give, 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 and then they don't, you know, they don't receive the exchange back. And I think exchange is really, really important. It's vital. Um, so I'd say self-worth is huge. And I'm trying to think of like something else that people really, um, oh, I think like the playing it small, you know, the like kind of the hiding and like the shame. I think this wounding goes back sometimes to past lives of I've been persecuted for my gift. So I'm really scared to like to claim it and to speak it and to say who I am and what I really do. I think that um, fear of speaking our voice because of persecution is huge. And I noticed that with healers because they say my family don't, they don't get me. So, you know, they're like this soul light in their family and they don't really relate to them. So they, it's been really hard for them to come out of the healer closet and say, here I am. 
So I think that voice part is, is really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. I feel like also, I mean, your own healing journey and then becoming a healer and then sort of working on your craft is, it's a journey which can have challenges. And then being an entrepreneur and running a business as a healer is its own like big giant <laughs> monster <laughs> where, um, and you talk about this a little bit, like there will be ebbs and flows and ups and downs along the way quite a bit. Right. Um, so how do you, how do you bounce back from that? How do you come back to your essence and your medicine and your unique expression of that in your business and life? Yes, this is such a, again, such a great question. I think, you know, the ebbs and flows, it, I think being a spiritual entrepreneur is like, it just, we've chosen this path because we're meant to delve into trust. Like we're truly meant to learn that surrender piece. Um, but it can be really challenging or, you know, if you're really working with your heart and soul on something and then it just flops or it doesn't, you don't sell any spots or all of that stuff. That's also why I created mentorship because I don't find a lot of people talk about this. Like what happens when you work and put your whole heart and soul into something and then it doesn't, nothing comes from it. Then what, what's the lesson there and who can hold you during that time, which is really, I think those things are so important to talk about. I don't find there's a lot of people talking about it um, and moving through how we perceive failure. Um, and it is, you know, the ebbs and flows when I was in practice, it would be like I'd have a really busy week for a couple of weeks and then I'd have nothing. And sitting in that nothingness, instead of resting, which I should have done, it took me years to learn, oh, this is a gift. I actually, I'm actually supposed to rest and restore myself right now. But I would panic. I would go into anxiety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> falling apart. Oh, my God. I don't have any money. Like, that took a lot of years to finally just be like, it's okay. This is a cycle. So trusting the cycles of flow, which I think, especially as spiritual beings, we know them. The moon does it, you know, like yeah, so yeah. Trust it when it happens in our business, we just, it's like so scary for us. So I think in particular, spiritual entrepreneurs, we're here to learn that, that trust and that surrender that everything is still, the magic that is working behind the scenes is still happening. And we can lean into that a little bit, but it's hard. I'm not saying I'm there yet. <laughs> I want to say probably that's the hardest part yeah. to not go into panic mode and to say, okay, let me take a breath. Let me, you know, refeel this, rethink this, and then come back to the table. Um, and then, okay. The other piece I want to, which I love the way you, you put that is trusting the cycle, trusting the journey. And I feel like the journey of being a healer or even self-healing teaches you that like over and over. you get a lot of opportunities <laughs> to practice that. That's the beauty of it. So you also talk about there is no competition. Tell me about that. Okay. That's another mindset, I think, thing that we, we see. So I think that, and again, I'm not perfect at this. I, I'll be the first one to admit that sometimes I get triggered and feel like I'm not enough. Or I look at somebody who's really rising and think, oh gosh, I want to be there, right? I want to be there. But truly there is, we sometimes forget, you know, we think, oh, there's only this like small group of people that we're exposing our medicine to. But there's, there's so many people for all of us. There is truly an abundance for us to reach people. And I always tell people like, think about, you know, think about when you really love somebody's work. You can love somebody's work 
and love somebody else's work equally as much. There's not like a lack of your love for their work. So it's the same on the other end. They can love you and somebody else's work equally as much. And I just think that there's an abundance of that around. But we can forget because I feel like it's our society that pushes us into that like kind of more of a masculine like drive, drive, competitive. There's, there's not enough that scarcity mentality. Um, so I think that's a lesson we have to learn too is just to trust the people who are meant to find you will find you. You cannot miss your destiny. I just feel like if it's not your boat, it's somebody else's, right? And it's just like, if we can stay open to that, the people that are meant to find me will find me and radiate that energy out. I mean, we're not going to be perfect all the time, but I think that that really is one of our paths to healing. Yeah. And still take action, right? Like it doesn't mean that you're going to sit and you'll be like, oh, whatever is going to come to me. No, no, no. <laughs> you still would put the work in but it becomes this uh practice where you go from panic to trust panic to trust right <laughs> you know that's such a good point and that's another mind mindset pitfall i find in when i'm mentoring healers because i think in our you know in our communities there's a lot of like just surrender the universe is taking care of us so we can forget about the action piece and that's the part of the entrepreneurial part i think that we need that building resilience through the panic and trust we need to keep going and i think a lot of people forget about that and they they just think oh i just really got it to rest right now yes rest is good and you can't be resting all the time because nothing's gonna happen so you've got to take that inspired action when you're guided and then, you know, and then rest, you know, when you feel yeah. like I'm going to repeat. So this is something that another healer told me is that she said, you cannot steer a horse that's not moving. You got to keep the horse moving. <laughs> right. That's so true. That's, yeah. that's true. And I think because I do notice, you know, people would come to me and say, I would just love to do what you do. It just looks so amazing. Like, you know, you just put your hands on people all day. You must feel so joyful all the time. They didn't see those times where I was sobbing on the couch or, you know, the times where I'm panicking that I'm not making any money, the times where I felt rejected. Like, I think that people have this sort of, um, I don't know, I don't know, like, it's such a miracle to, to be a healer kind of view. And, and it is. And there's the other stuff, too, that we don't see the behind the thank, scenes. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I, I can attest to that, too. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and crystals all the time. But I see, like, when I look at you, I see, like, you're, you're a very radiant person and decidedly so, right? You are, I can see and feel you putting a lot of effort and loving care into keeping this up because otherwise you can't help other people. Yes. That's, yeah. so, that's so, so true. And I think, yeah. I, I think I love this conversation because I feel we need to have more honest conversations like this in our healing communities. Um, of really like what it takes to hold space in this way. That's another thing, like holding space, whether it's online or in person, takes a lot of energetic investment. And that's why I think sometimes people can forget, like that's why you need an energetic exchange because you will burn yourself out if there's no exchange when you're holding space for 30 people or you're even online and you're holding space for a group. People don't realize how much that can take from you. And that's why your self-care and your boundaries are essential. Yes. And it takes a while to get there, to be in, in a position to hold space, right? There's a lot of investment and training and blood and tears happening 
as you get to that point. I want to come back to, with regards to the competition, I think to what we were talking about before, which is that we all have the unique medicine, right? So as healers, it comes into play in competition where like my medicine is different than yours and some people might be gravitated towards you and another people towards me. So I find, and then that may change over time. I find that beautiful, which brings me to, tell us about your, uh, please, about your indigenous name, which I feel speaks to this. <laughs> So my grandfather gifted me my name, and it's Nadve Nagliabkwe, which is Healing Rainbow Woman. And it's interesting. I've only recently really felt um, the reason why it's rainbow. Like, I think I've just really felt um, it's been a hard journey for me because traditionally we are not meant to share our teachings with anybody other than it's very contained within our own culture. And um, I have had a primarily white audience since the beginning when I started doing circles. And those are the people that have been reverent with my teachings. They have held them as sacred. Um, but people don't like that. Like people of my own community don't like that. I'm sharing any of this with people other than indigenous people. But last year I had a teaching from a medicine woman and she says, but on our medicine wheel, the rainbow, like you're the rainbow. You are meant to share this with all colors of all people on the rainbow and that's what's that's what's part of your energy and essence and it's touching everybody so that is um it kind of just started to root in to me that it's okay it's okay despite what other people think despite the it's like a new way so i feel like i'm a bit of a bridge to to the new way and i have you know part of myself in those old traditional ways and part of myself in that kind of trailblazer visioning of a new way and yeah, so that's sort of how I see my name playing. That's, I mean, that's so beautiful what you're describing is it, it takes a lot of bravery and courage to do something like that, right? To say, you know what, despite what has been the tradition, like this is my medicine, this is, and this is the way I want to embody it and share it with the world. So I, I salute you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And that's when I talk about being a lonely path and, and needing mentorship, I think. We need other people who are blazing that trail, right? And sometimes as healers, it's hard to find those people in communities. So gathering community of healers like you're doing here is just such a beautiful, it's so necessary. Mm -hmm. And I find these conversations, I mean, for me, selfishly, there's a piece here where I love connecting with um, all kinds of different colors of the rainbow, like you you were saying, and to, to see and... Um, hear what healing means reflected back to me and to share that with people. I feel like this is sort of has been the driving force behind these conversations. Um, which brings me to, I want to direct people, where, where do they find more information about you? What are you doing? What are you offering? Tell us about that. So um, right now, what, what's lighting up my soul is my membership and it's called Sacred. And it was birthed from a couple of years of me really thinking, how can I, I had like a online community on Facebook and it's grown. It just kind of, I don't even know how it grew. It just grew. It just intentionally grew to this beautiful space where I would just show up and share and hold space. And then I thought, how can I translate this into like more of an offering where I'm a little bit more invested energetically. And that's where sacred was birthed from. And 
it's a space for people to gather. We have um, moon ceremonies every month. We have intuitive guidance. So we have like this, an interview, like a beautiful like medicine woman interview they're called. Um, and it's a place for people to show up and shine in their medicines and to heal through the stuff that prevents us from doing that. So I offer teachings in that way and mentorship for basically for, for healers and spiritual beings. So that is really um, the place that I love to be right now. And um, yeah, so that's called Sacred. And then my, you know, my website's asherfrost.com and that has my other offerings because things always evolve. Yes, and I also want to say you generously are offering 50% uh, off of your native healing meditations and I'm going to include a link to that. Um, and I just want to say this has been such a treat, Asha. Thank you so much. I'm truly grateful for your time and for your presence, for sharing your gifts, for you know, whichever way you share. Even I feel like um, we sometimes forget that we can be medicine without doing, right? Just by being. I feel like that's been sort of the theme of this interview in a way. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so grateful. Yes. And I just want to say um, to all the listeners, thank you so much for joining us and staying um, all to the, through the end. Um, I always ask at the end if this feels authentic to you, if you feel this has touched you in some way uh, or inspired you, or you felt that um, you were hearing kindred spirits, please share this conversation. You can just tell it to a friend. You can share it on Facebook, Instagram, however, whatever way feels authentic to you. We appreciate you sharing. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Asha.